Welcome to the Good Life EDU podcast presented by the Nebraska ESU Coordinating Council. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the latest in digital learning across Nebraska and around the country. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back for another episode of the Good Life EDU podcast. And this week, joined by Tisha Richman, a good friend of mine that I've known for quite some time. Got a chance to, I think, initially meet through Twitter and then hang out at uh, USM Summer Spark and really has just been an ongoing friend and colleague and thought partner in education, someone who I uh, have so much admiration and respect for it. She's super creative and brings a great passion to education. And so naturally, it's just somebody I like hanging out with and talking to. And so I'm going to let Tisha introduce herself to you that maybe don't know her. And we're going to spend some time today talking about those first few weeks of school uh, and what it looks like to really get your class ready in all aspects for the learning that's going to take place over the course of the semester or year. And so Tisha, welcome. And could you give us a little bit of an introduction? Yes. Hi, Andrew. It's so awesome to be here on the show and to see you. It's been way, way too long. So yeah, so excited to chat. I am Tisha Richmond and I am currently a student engagement and professional development specialist in the Medford School District in Southern Oregon. I've also been a tech integration specialist and a culinary teacher for many years at the high school level. And I just love education and so passionate about finding ways to make learning magical for students and for adults too. (laughs) So, well, and you bring that up and it's funny because on last week's pod, I was talking with Amy Schultz and Kristen Select of ESU nine here in Nebraska, and they brought their four points for new teachers. And the fourth point in their uh, list of things that new teachers should consider was to make it magical and make it your own. And so, of course, I instantly was like, that sounds like Tisha because you wrote a book (laughs) on this topic, right? So go ahead and plug that real quick here, because that is part of the pivot from last week's conversation to this one uh, is you're someone who really believes in that. Yeah, absolutely. So my book, Make Learning Magical, is about transforming your teaching and creating unforgettable experiences in the classroom. And it really, really started with me as an educator back in 2014, burnout. I was ready to leave education. I was um, just, you know, all the things, a lot of things that teachers are probably feeling right now, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of stresses, a lot of a lot of things that can be overwhelming. And so the burnout was really real. And it was just happened that that same year, I was able to purchase iPads for my classroom. And it was something that we just hadn't done in our district. We weren't one-to-one in any classes. It was a very new venture for me. And so I knew that, okay, like if these iPads are coming in, like I have to figure out how to use them in amazing ways. I didn't want it just to be one of those things where they were in a cart, you know, and we grabbed them to research recipes once in a while. Like I wanted it to transform what we were doing, but I just didn't know how. So that led me to my first conference, which was iPad Palooza. And it was like, oh, so many things, so many ways that we can just make learning amazing. And I didn't even know that they existed. And so that really started this journey of me exploring, trying new things in my class, getting connected on Twitter and and meeting amazing educators like yourself. And before long, my passion 
was re-sparked for education. I wasn't dreaming of leaving education to become a barista anymore. And I was finding that my students were more empowered as learners than they'd ever been before. And so my book is really about how I was able to unlock that magic in my classroom. And so magical is really an acronym. And so M is for meaningful beginnings. A is for authenticity and agency. G is for gamified experiences. I is for innovation. C is for creativity, collaboration, and curiosity. A is for authentic audience and L is for legacy. And so my book, I just kind of break down each of those different keys and how any educator, K through 12, higher ed, and uh, you know, admin counselors, it doesn't matter what you do in the edu world, you can make learning magical for those that you serve. And I just love your passion for all of those things. I love that you found your passion by pressing into new ideas, technology spaces that you had not ventured with your work before. And I think that sometimes that's what keeps us locked out from unlocking greater levels of job satisfaction is not venturing into the place that sometimes we're least likely to go, which is the unfamiliar, the new technology, the allowing students to be more at the center and be drivers of the learning. Uh, But as that transfer happens, wow, is it uh, transformational for for learning uh, on the student's part and for us as practitioners, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. And I thought about that a lot in this past year because we ventured into this this world of, of living in a pandemic that n- none of us had ever experienced before. And I think about all of the learning that teachers had to do this past year. And it wasn't by choice a lot of it, right? Like the learning was, you had to survive. You had to try to figure out how to teach all students in this world where we were doing remote, hybrid, all of the different combinations of that. And what I, I think about when I think about that and how hard it was and how, and how much teachers had to learn and how much they had to step out of their comfort zone, I think about my own journey. And when I stepped out of my comfort zone, though it wasn't in the same context, right? It was a different kind of a situation. I gained so much courage and I didn't realize how much courage I was gaining at the time. But every single thing that I did that was new and every leap out of the comfort zone that I took, that courage was building and and gave me more confidence to do that next thing that I wanted to do. And so I think about that right now with educators and just even going into this this next year, into 21-22, I've noticed this already with the teachers that I serve in my own district that they come into my virtual office hours now and they're like, I can do this thing. Like, I know, like I know Canvas. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I There's more that I want to learn with Canvas. There's so much that I haven't tapped into, but now I'm ready for that next thing because I learned so much last year and I, I did so many things that I never, ever thought I would do. So, so that's, that's exciting to me. And me as well. I, I, I honestly, okay, so recently I had the opportunity to give a keynote and I decided to do it on that very idea, right? Not something that necessarily was in my wheelhouse, but to like frame it that way, the eight things is what I ended up putting together that educators grew in over the course of the last 18 months significantly. And does that make us super teachers? So it was kind of the premise and it was really fun to sort of break that down. But to add to your points, I mean, some of that is tech, some of that is an LMS being a part of that, mm-hmm. but it certainly was in uh, our resiliency, 
our willingness to take risks and realize that things will be okay. If you kind of step into that space, the confidence that comes from knowing that, Hey, I can teach in like five, six different formats. Uh, as mm-hmm. you talked about, I can do hybrid now, I'd say I appreciate doing some of those, but was able to flex and navigate those spaces and how empowering that is for us as educators and thinking about the future too, uh, as we bring those experiences in our backpack to something hopefully a little more traditional, whether it's in the immediate, COVID's not gone away yet, but Mm -hmm. uh, as we kind of get back into our more familiar rhythms is probably the better Mm -hmm. way to say it, uh, that what that's going to mean for our instructional practices. So so I'm so with you on that. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. And I mean, I already see it. I, we had this past week, we did our first ever conference in our district, which was so fun to put together. It's something that I've dreamed about doing for a long time in our district was having this day that was built like a conference where teachers would have voice and choice to choose what they learned and have a variety of different formats. So we had some live in-person sessions. We had some webinar sessions. We had some people that were, you know, coming in out of district to speak. And then we had some asynchronous sessions. We had tabletop discussions, which was kind of our ed camp style area. And then we had a steam lab. So all of these amazing things going on for this conference day launched by our superintendent who did the keynote and then wrapped up at the end by this kind of closing session. But what was so powerful about that day for me was seeing these teachers that were scared to death to present in our district, had never presented ever before, step up, be empowered, and then empower other educators. And it was a beautiful thing. I mean, I had so many calls the day before the conference from teachers going, I don't know that I can do this thing. Like, I'm so scared. And I'm like, you've got this, you're going to rock it. Like, you know your stuff and you have experience and expertise to share that other people are going to benefit from. And we need you to share. And it was so powerful afterwards for those educators to come up to me and just I could just see how good that they felt that they did it. Like they had took this super huge risk to present in front of their peers and they saw what happened when they did that, that they energized and inspired other educators to make that thing that they were sharing about their own in their classroom. And that's powerful. And I think about that and just that experience alone. Now our district is going to benefit from that because now they have sparked all of this interest in learning across our district. But now those educators that stepped up to speak are now going to feel that much more confident when the opportunity comes up again. And they're going to be like, ah, I got that speaking gig. Like I've done that already, you know? And that's, that's very cool. I think it's really uh, awesome when our teachers are empowered and empower others. It's, it's exciting for me. Gosh, and what encouragement for them to, to be met by their colleagues in those sessions and to be told that their ideas are good and worthy of being presented in that format and that others are going to implement those and what that does for a culture within a district, but also to just reinforce for those presenters that, so then what's your next challenge, right? Like what's going to be the next uh, big piece uh, that you add to your coursework or your teaching persona or whatever it is to, to build that out. And I want to say to Tisha, 
friend, I'd like so appreciate the smile that you wore through all of that and just your energy and heart for teachers uh, and thinking about empowering them. That was terrific. I know people, this is an audio podcast, but if you can see, Tisha just lit up the whole time she was talking about those folks. And so I know you're in the right role and uh -huh. do great work in that, that space, friend. And I'm going to kind of bring some things back around here too and, and tie yeah. some of this together towards our conversation today. You mentioned meaningful beginnings is the, that's mm -hmm. the M that's for your magical acronym where it starts. Sounds like one, you had a meaningful beginning to your year in your district. And yeah. two, our conversation today is about meaningful beginnings to the school year. So uh, I'd like to, I think from the top, establish be nice to have, just have like a brainstorming conversation about as a school year begins in those first few weeks, we're trying to establish a lot of things that you might just blanket term call culture or before we were talking today, classroom community was something that you brought up. And so what all goes into that? Because I think sometimes as teachers, we think, well, we got to get our routines and procedures, got to cover the syllabus. Um, yes, potentially, but there's a lot other things that we can think about and, and maybe to identify some of those before we talk about the how. Absolutely. So I, the beginning is so important and I noticed a huge difference when I was intentional about creating magical beginnings for my students. And for many years, I was the teacher that would dread the first day that would go over the syllabus and all of the rules and procedures. And it was like, wah, wah, wah to the students. They Slow. hated it. I hated it. And I knew that they were hearing the same kind of spiel from all of their teachers that day. And I think, wow, like what a horrible way to start the school year, you know, like just going through all of the nuts and bolts and procedures and, and nothing to really look forward to in the year. And so when I really switched that up, it made an incredible difference. And so instead of spending that first day going over all the rules and procedures and syllabus, which is important, they need to know all of that stuff. I focused on getting to know them that first day mm -hmm. and them getting to know me. And so I did this first day experience called Favorite Things. And I would have the sound of music, Favorite Things playing as they came in. I would talk about my favorite things. And then I would do an activity that was inspired by Dave Burgess with the Play-Doh. And so I would have them sculpt, and this is high school, right? I had them use Play-Doh and sculpt their favorite things out of Play-Doh. And it was powerful because as they were sculpting things out of Play-Doh, the things that they loved, I was having conversations with them about, oh, what, that's a guitar. Like, tell me about this. You know, do you, yeah. you play at school? Why do you love the guitar? And then people in the class, students were making connections with each other. And it was just a really great way to lessen the anxiety because in my classes I had a lot of mixed grades I had ninth graders and 12th graders ninth graders were terrified of the seniors seniors were annoyed by the freshmen and you know I wanted that community to gel and so it was a really great way to do that and then what I did was I launched kind of this two-week I called it the MasterChef Bootcamp, but since then I've called it the Magical Mystery Relationship Building Tour, where that first two weeks is really all about establishing those relationships and really creating a safe classroom community. Because I want my students to know that my classroom is a safe and welcoming place to learn, that they're not just physically safe, they're they're psychologically and emotionally safe in that space. And 
that meant that I needed to find ways for those students to get to know each other. I needed to find ways for those students to get to know me. And I like to frame it in a fun way. So yes, the syllabus, the procedures, uh, maybe the content review, all of those things are important in those first weeks, but you can also intertwine that with students getting to know each other and relationship building activities. And uh, when I started doing that and really reframing the way that those first couple weeks went in my classroom, it really changed the game. And my students, I don't know, I think that they, they just felt safe to learn and to grow faster, right? Like I, though it might have taken a couple more days to go over maybe those beginning of year things, it paid dividends because they were ready to engage. They were ready to learn because they knew that learning in my class was going to be safe. And they knew that the class was going to be fun because I framed it all in a fun and exciting way. Yeah. When those things are established, it's almost like brains are on and ears are tuned in all the more acutely. And when you've taken the time to build those things out intentionally. And I I love some of the things you said there that it's safe physically, yes, and also psychologically, uh, and that those are components of uh, just feeling it's like a welcome environment, but, but we got relationships to do. We have routines and procedures to do. And so how do you almost play double Dutch with these, right? Where we're like intentionally getting something done while also uh, having a good time with it and getting to know one another. That Play-Doh activity sounds really great. So yeah, what are some other strategies or some other ideas within those first few weeks in terms Mm -hmm. of whether it's challenges or getting to know you activities that uh, people listening in might be able to take uh, away from our conversation and implement? Yeah, absolutely. So I just, this past couple of weeks, I shared a couple of blog posts just on this thing. So I'll share where your listeners can find those afterwards. But the first couple of weeks in my class, like I mentioned before, I did this thing and I called it the Master Chef Bootcamp because I had this whole Master Chef theme, gamified thing going on in my classroom, which is another show. But basically, what I did, and this can work in any classroom, any content area, grade level, is I, would start the first day with that favorite things activity and then create this kind of two-week challenge where every day I would have some type of a team building, relationship building challenge where students can earn these mystery badges. And they were these little size of a baseball card badges that had a hidden number of experience points on them. And that those experience points were hidden by a scratch off sticker. So every day I would mix teams. So it was never the same team twice. And that was intentional. I wanted them to get to know each other. But every day that we had a challenge, the team members on the winning team could win these mystery badge cards that they couldn't scratch off until the very last day. And so those challenges came in a ton of different forms. So sometimes it would be a challenge that had to do with learning the classroom rules and procedures. Maybe it was a scavenger hunt with goose chase or a Google form where they had to learn some of the things about the class. Maybe it was a getting to know you game where they had to try to, to learn each other's names. It could be a Lego. I have some Lego build challenges and I'm going to share all of these, these with you so that you, you can um, share them with your listeners 
Um, and they can be short or long. So some days it would be a challenge that maybe would kind of span the length of the class period. And maybe it was because I was really going over a lot of content specific review things or classroom procedures things. Sometimes it would just be a quick five to 10 minute challenge that really didn't have anything to do with classroom procedures and content review, but it just had to do with getting to know each other. And so I would really mix it up but I would try to do something every day where they could earn those badges. And, and there's so many things that you can do out there, right? Like it's limitless. And really the challenges that I'm going to share with you that are in my blog post really can be done elementary through secondary. So you might scaffold it differently for elementary versus high school, but the same idea, you can still do the same thing. Just like Mike, you don't think of Play-Doh with high school kids, but my students absolutely 100% loved Play-Doh and they were high school seniors, right? Absolutely. So, so yeah, so so many things. And then the last day of this challenge that we would have this two-week tour or the MasterChef Bootcamp, I later coined it the Magical Mystery Relationship Building Tour. But on that last day, I would have students gather all their cards that they earned over that two-week period. I would pass out a penny to each one, and they would scratch off all of their badges. And so then it would reveal the amount. And the cool thing about this is just adding that little bit of mystery and curiosity. So I might have a student that earned five badges throughout those two weeks and another student maybe only earned two, but that student who had two had higher overall point totals because what they scratched off under that scratch off sticker had a higher XP amount. And so they were kind of kept on the edge of their seats all the way until the end because they didn't know what their cards held. Mm -hmm. And now for my class, that looked like if they were the, the highest experience points holders, they would become my team leaders for my classroom teams because I was a culinary class and my class operated in teams all of the time. So those eight people that had the highest overall XP experience points on their badges, they became leaders in this draft. And so sometime in that two week period, I had all of my students complete a resume on a Google form and I printed those out so that every resume was on a different page. I crossed out the names and I numbered them. And then I allowed each of those eight students to pick anonymously. They couldn't tell anybody else but me who one person they wanted on their team. And I would take that person's resume out of the pick. So no one else in the class knew who that student chose, but it kind of gave them like a reward for earning, you know, for getting to be uh, the lead. And then they picked these resumes like a football draft one by one and based on the skills and the strengths that they felt they needed to round out a great team. And so, you know, somebody might be great at baking or knife cutting or whatever it was, whatever that skill set was in my class. But they also were looking at the students' strengths as far as like personality and, and, and what that would contribute to the team. So they're really thinking carefully about, okay, what would round out a really great team? And they don't know the names of these kids. And so they're just doing it based on what information they put on the resume. And I was terrified, honestly, to do this the first time because I had taught for quite a long time and had done 
teams in my class a number of different ways. And I thought this could be an epic fail. Like I have no idea if this thing is going to work, but miraculously it really did. And I think it actually brought more value to the teams because of the way that they were intentionally put together. And of course, like there may be a period or two where it just happened to be that there were two students on a team that just had history and just couldn't be together. And so you would make those changes, but I would do that anyway in any of the previous years of how I assembled teams. And so it was really, really powerful. But if you don't have a classroom like that, that operates in a team setting, you could have the winners or the highest experience holders you know, they could win other things. So it could be, maybe it's unlocking a choice for them in an upcoming assignment. Maybe it's unlocking a privilege. Maybe they get to, you know, choose where they sit in your class for the first month or something. Maybe it's another incentive in your class. Maybe it's letting them choose a a game that you're going to play, or maybe it's choosing music for the next class period. If you're going to have a time where they can listen to music. So, I mean, you have to think about your students, what's important to them and think about what would make sense for your class. But there's a number of ways that you can do it. And really what it comes down to is again, creating that classroom community where students are excited to be there. They are kind to each other. They appreciate and value each other's strengths and skills. And when you can create an environment like that from the beginning, it's amazing how much your students can grow and how much your students can be empowered. And uh, like I said, I noticed a drastic shift in my classroom dynamic when I made those changes and created meaningful uh, and magical beginnings for my students. Tisha, I love talking to people who are steeped in gamification and game-based learning and all of those pieces because the design of the experience uh, and the duration of those efforts uh, is usually just it's scaled. Uh, and, and so I want to point that out. And what you're sharing here is that this isn't an icebreaker on the first day uh, that we move on from day two, right? And this isn't like, this isn't the first three class periods of us doing team building. And then we get back into the rhythms of lecture and worksheets. It's, mm-hmm. this is something that we're invested in and, and it's going to happen continuously. And this class is going to, and I love this like nuance of it, motivate you by things other than grades. Uh, and that is both relational, like being a part of a team and trying to like construct a great team and to be empowered to be in a position where you have some say over those things. And whether it's earning XP points or, as you said, getting a chance to dictate the music or whether you get to miss a homework assignment or not, yeah. there are ways for you to excel. And that doesn't always mean you have to have the most cards, right? <laughs> like, yeah. There are going to be opportunities for all learners to experience success, uh, have small and, and large wins uh, and be rewarded in ways that the traditional approach to education might not otherwise encourage them in. And we're going to do that for at least two weeks to start the school year, even if it just means five minutes uh, in a class. And so hopefully to summarize, yeah, some of the things you just shared there, I love all those aspects of your work and and what you're promoting with uh, the blog. And that's certainly uh, part of the reason why I, I wanted to reach out today too, because I got a chance to read your blog and I uh, just really love how intentional you are in uh, making sure that these things that we're aspiring to do in the first few weeks of school are, are happening. Yeah, well, thank you. And yeah, I, I get so excited about it just because I saw the transformation, right? And so 
you know, I, again, was that teacher that was so, I was dialed in. Like I was really, I had a rhythm and flow in my classroom. Like I, I had been teaching for a long time, but I hadn't shaken things up in my classroom in a long time. I was doing the same old thing. I might change things up a little bit from year to year, but I really wasn't creating an environment where my students were empowered learners. They were engaged learners. They liked my class and they might've even been somewhat immersed in the learning, but they weren't empowered. And when I started making these changes, I saw such an incredible shift. And I think that that's where my passion comes in is that I saw the difference that it made and it changed my passion for education. And so when you see such a dramatic shift happen in your own classroom and you see how these, I mean, cause I was uncomfortable like that first year that I changed things up. Oh my gosh, I felt like such a first year teacher again. And, you know, I had this rhythm and this flow and I had to really rework that. And it was like dismantling everything and putting it back together again. And it was really, really scary. And, uh, but what I found is that when I did that, it just made me again, more courageous as an educator to try new things. And as I saw students responding to those new things, I'm like, I can't stop now. This is amazing. Like not everything was perfect. Not everything I tried was a success. And so I would ditch that thing or reiterate it and do something different. But I just know that we all, every one of us has the power and the magic within us to create incredible learning experiences for students where they are empowered learners, where the learning environment is joyful and fun and exciting, where they want we leave our class and they want to continue learning. We want all of our students to want to continue learning once they leave our class, once they leave our schools. And we have the ability to do that, to create that kind of an environment for our kids. And so I get pretty excited about sharing. Uh, Tisha, hashtag reasons why we're friends, right? I love (laughs) love the energy that you bring to that. And my passions for personalization align with everything you just said there too, right? Like I love the thought of really building out experiences that give students the opportunity to practice and learn how to feel confident in driving their own learning process. And so uh, I'm right with you, friend. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) I, um, gosh, half hour goes so fast. Uh, And so I do want to give you a little space here, I guess, to share anything that you might want to contribute to to maybe wrap up our conversation here today, but uh, have really been grateful for the ideas that you shared and, and kind of framing how we might think about uh, these first few weeks. So yeah, what else would you add to this? Uh, Well, it's first of all, it's been a joy to be on your show, Andrew. So thank you so much for having me on. But I just want uh, to tell all the listeners that you all hold a special magic. So your magic might not be just like my magic. It might not be just like Andrew's magic, but you all hold it and you all can um, create um, incredible experiences for your students, magical experiences for your students. And I would love for you to reach out. Um, You can find me in a number of different places. You can find me on Twitter at Tish Rich. You can find me on Instagram at Make Learning Magical. 
my website is tisharichmond.com. And so you can find those two blog posts that I just shared about there. One of them is uh, 10 Relationship Building Challenges for a Magical Beginning. And the other one is Magical Mystery Relationship Building Tour. So all those things I just talked about, uh, you can find. And then I also have a podcast called Make Learning Magical, which is just about to end its second season and begin uh, it's third, and I, I can't wait. And so many incredible, incredible educators from around the world have been on the show, um, including you, right? Yeah. Yes, that was like you were season one, I think. So it's time for another episode, my friend. But I'd love it. for you to <laughs> check out uh, the show as well. And you can reach me by email, makelearningmagical at gmail.com if you want to reach out to me that way. Oh, and thanks. And I, Highly recommend as a listener that you connect with Tisha in one of those formats, because I know I've certainly learned a lot from her, uh, both in formats like this, where we get to chat face to face a little bit, uh, but also through things like her blog, which was really the impetus for this conversation today. And so Tisha, thank you so much for taking some time in the busyness that is August <laughs> to uh, chat, to share, to promote these ideas. And uh, I'm really excited for our listenership to um process those and hopefully benefit as they look to create great classroom culture and, and community as they start out the new school year. Thank you so much, Andrew. It's always a pleasure chatting with you, my friend.